this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is your Bomb Wednesday service. I am, as always, Senior Pastor Naima Cochran. And we have family back with us this week. Um, We have Black Trey back with us the last time he was here, which was, what, about a month ago now? We made a casual comment about much the three of us all love the movie Boomerang and how we were going to do an episode just dedicated to Boomerang at some point in the future. So that is today thank you trey for being here thank you guys for having me man i always see y'all on the timeline but that's always even better to talk to y'all no we love having family here um karen you came specially uh suited for the occasion i'm imagining you also have a special introduction for yourself on tonight um you know as always uh, i'm drinking cognac for kamala uh, <laughs> once again but you know, I have on my Marcus Graham attire for the night. You do indeed. The uh, the the black suit jacket with no shirt under it with the gold chain. From Thanksgiving. From, from the Thanksgiving scene. Um, right. So, you know, this is what he had on when he found out that, you know. Gerard, do you know? Your <laughs> <has a special laughs> I feel 
supremely underdressed. That's first. Uh, but secondly, I appreciate your commitment and your enthusiasm. So we. I sent you the picture last week. I sent you the picture. I definitely missed that. But I had a lot going on last week. But uh, before we get into it, let me do some housekeeping because I'll get caught up in this and forget all about it. So you guys know what it is. You're with us today on Wednesday, but Count the Dings and Bomb have a whole slew of programming for your needs, enjoyment, tastes, preferences, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So on the Count the Dings feed, we have the Dad Pod on Mondays. We have Cinephobe on Wednesdays. And we have the Friday Mailbag where your questions are answered. And Trey, do they still play um, voicemails on the air? I think so. All right. So you might even hear yourself on air. Um, And then on the bomb feed, we have the OG show, Trey and the crew on Tuesdays. We have us on Wednesdays. You're listening to us right now. On Thursdays, we have woke bros. And we also have Trey's growing up the same. How's the show going? The show is going great. Last week, I had DJ Dahi on. Mm -hmm. Um, This week, we will be having um, Jamal Crawford from Brooklyn Nets. Oh, very dope. Okay. Yeah. Very, yeah. very dope. So you can check that out on Thursdays as well. And then on Thursdays also, there's the Pack Your Knives feed, which is the week from the Top Chef, the latest season of Top Chef. Um, and, and of course, as we always do say, if you do have extra money laying around, you want some additional content, and in, 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 on top of everything I just explained, you can also subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com, count the dings for exclusives, extras, all that good stuff. And you can also check out our After Dark series of videos. And we would much prefer you give your money to that than whom, Karin? That white man. There we go. Do not give your money to that white but man. But if you com. do give us money, we have decided <laughs> that we are sending it to Kamala Harris's campaign. And yes. we will have receipts. We will not get on the internet and email you and say, this is the most important word. This is the most important email I ever sent you in my life. And then, be, and then not have our friends go over our books saying that we are clean and that we don't steal money. <laughs> like when Trey pointed out last time, when actually we live in apartment buildings, we should not be able to afford. Right. In, in gentrified Brooklyn. Brand spanking new, shiny ass, sparkling. That actually, Wise pointed that out, I think. Sparkling uh, apartment buildings. All right. So... Why are we doing a whole show on Boomerang? I'm so glad you asked. So even though Boomerang is almost 20 years old, it's 18 years old now. Um, yeah, it's 18 years old. The thing is that people consider Boomerang one of the greatest black comedies of all times, but it's actually just one of the great ensemble movies of all time, period. I think it is criminally underrated, especially when you consider the star power in it. Like, I, I think it's... One of it's 28 M- years old. Oh, see, this is I'm that person who the 90s for me was yeah. 10 years ago. I'm that person. 28 years old. It's 28 years old, which is, yeah, that makes more sense. But anyway, y'all knew what I meant. Um, <laughs> so, and I'm really thinking like, yeah, 1990, 18 years ago. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I need to look this up, but I actually feel like, even though it wasn't a flop by any means, I think it's. Uh, it was a flop. Well, I was going to say, I think it's significantly... De- it wasn't a flop like Eddie Murphy's last pictures in the last decade of flop, but at the time, this was still superstar Eddie Murphy. Yeah. This was actually towards like the end of his box office, bam, you know, best-selling, 
everything all the time arc. But it was this definitely was, down the list. When Eddie got really black and he went on a string of black classics. Which nobody knew what to do with. The white classics. <laughs> so the thing that's great, and we're going to get into, if you guys hear sirens in the background, sorry, it's watching the tights. Um, we're going to get into the specifics about why this movie is important to each one of us. But what I want to point out just from like a cast and technical and logistical point of view is that one thing is about Boomerang that is so excellent. It's first of all, the cast is like, it is the best black cast you could have put together. Like bar none. And I mean, even in terms of, and, and black cast and black people working on the project. So directed by the Hudlin brothers who also did house party the year before, uh, boomerang came out. Um, you have Eddie Murphy and Lee, you have Robin Givens at the height of her Robin Givensness. You have Holly Berry at the beginning of her Holly Berry-ness. I think this was her second. Straight off Strictly Business. Straight off Strictly <laughs> Business. I think this was her second movie after Strictly in, Business. In Jungle Fever. I think you too. have, um, oh yeah, with the playing a crackhead in Jungle Fever. You have David Allen Greer while In Living Color is on. You have Martin Legend. while, you know, right, I think this might have been right as Martin was starting or right uh, as before, Martin was catching before. his... Sh- Okay, it was filmed before, but I think when it came out, right before, right as Martin was catching his stride. This was like right, I think it was during Deaf Comedy because that's where he met um, Tisha on set. Right. And Tisha told oh, right, the story, she was like, he he told her on set, like, yo, I'm about to get a show, I'm going to come back you in to it. you. Right, okay, so also, I'm glad you pointed out, you got Tisha Campbell Martin, you got Layla Rashawn coming off of Harlem Nights at the height of her Layla Rashawn-ness. You got, um, who was my, and you got uh, Grace Jones. You have Eartha Kitt. You have, you have Chris Rock while he was still on Saturday Night Live. Fucking, fucking that opportunity away. Um, you got, I'm missing people. I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring up more people. And then on the soundtrack side. Fla- you have Flash from the Five Heartbeats. Who was yes. Lady Eloise's driver? Who was Lady Eloise's driver? <laughs> um, Shouts to Flash. It's lonely at the top. Uh, you have <laughs> we'll do album being stores in about two weeks. <laughs> oh, and we have um, my man who played Nelson, Jeffrey Holder, as Nelson. Nasty who, Nelson. As Nasty Nelson, which Jeffrey Holder is actually what I think um, even a lot of my generation knows is that because we know Jeffrey as like I pooh from Annie and shit. Um, he was actually like. A met one of the greatest herald, most heralded uh, black dancers and actors. He was, um, I want to say, he was part of the Alvin Ailey troupe. But at any rate, um, was a premier dancer for Ailey. But he was a premier dancer for, if not Ailey, another prominent dance troupe, magnificent theater actor, stage actor. Um, but just like icon, like iconic as Nelson, and that's part of the thing, right? These characters were so iconic. Um, shout out to my chapter Sora Kanya, who didn't want to put the fish there because she did not want it there. Um, <laughs> but it's just like it's it's just a great, great movie. And even if you watch it today, it aged really well. And then on the music side, you have L.A. and Babyface doing their first ever soundtrack, um, which became a thing Whatever. for them. But also, like, soundtracks kind of became at least Face's thing for a minute, right? And LaFace's thing. Um, who it And it was so excellent. We'll get to that towards the end. It was so great because they were on set watching the movie being made so that they could channel that in real time as they put the soundtrack together. But I want to start with, um, well, let me first outline. For those who don't know what Boomerang is about, on the surface, the plot line is 
black, young black single marketing exec, got whole world at his feet. He's fly. He got money. It's New York. Shit is popping. He got all the ladies. He's got all the game. Finds himself in a situation where all of a sudden, um, everything that men usually do in pursuit of women and chase of women and dogging women out, he finds himself on the receiving end of, aka, you know, uh, a la boomerang. Um, and how he navigates that and how he actually deals with basically like the first time a player falls in love and what and what that is and how that works. The first time a player gets played. A. Yep. And, then the secondly, the, and then the, secondly, and then secondly, and then secondly, the first time a player falls in love, um, for real, and decides to hang that up. Um, on a deeper note, this was an all black fucking cast, you know, an all black crew. This was a company full of well dressed, well heeled, well suited, well educated, well moneyed black executives, top well, to bottom. Well permed. <laughs> well permed and quaffed and oiled and shined and moisturized. Black execs, top to bottom. This was a world of black people who were just like affluent and getting it. And there was no struggle story there was no let me go visit my mom in the projects not that there's anything wrong with that we had just not had that framed for us like that at all but still managed to be very black in its storytelling and eddie was even asked about that and he was like nobody asked you know all these other movies why they're all white movies like I wanted to, you know, create a black experience for Boomerang. Like, that's what I did. But it's still a it's still a universal story. And I really do feel like that's the reason that Boomerang is kind of undersold because its blackness isn't the selling point. Like coming to America is like kind of over the top telling of of african culture meets american culture is a fish out of water story and a lot of our other black movies from the 90s like the blackness is the point like it's a hood story it's a drug story it's a crime story boomerang is just it's a comedy the blackness is what we love about it but the blackness is not the selling point of it if that makes sense so for each of you guys you each spoke to like how important this movie is to you, why you love it, all this sort of stuff. So can you guys, since you're our guest, Trey, can you go first? Like, what what does Boomerang mean to you? When did you watch it? Why do you love it? What's your favorite thing about it? All that good stuff. So I was I was a I was a kid when it came out, so I really didn't understand it. Um I lived around the corner from a video store, so I would rent all the movies. My grandma never like put a filter on the movies I seen. Um, and I loved Eddie Murphy at the time too. Uh, but what rewatching it at 20, oh man, I learned so many life lessons, whether it was just checking a woman's feet, woman's feet. Um, not during yeah, the time we gonna after, come back to that. after, not after the time after sex or anything, but just in general, just paying attention to small detail. Um, the way Marcus just kind of carried himself. I, I, I always say etiquette. He had a lot of etiquette and a lot of lot of life hacks on 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 women one on one. He was very um, smooth, no brutishness, no he wasn't crass. It wasn't a yo mama like he was very smooth. Yeah, so in general, just how his whole setup was, how the crib was nice and clean, how he just you know made sure like he smelled nice, made sure he dressed nice, make sure you know 
um, just how he carried himself. He always, you know, but he also had a team, you know, like this dude was a womanizer. He just constantly just had all the fly chicks, but never found that one. He he wasn't full. And we, we actually talked about this the last time I was right. going about guys not, you know, having that, that, that fullness and constantly searching for something. And he actually meets this woman. Well, he doesn't meet her till later, but actually realizes, you know, that she's the one, but he's chasing just different type of women and runs until his match. Um, and I think it normally happens like that for guys. I mean, you know, like me, me, me and we could, men in general could just run it out to they like 46 48 they can lose their hair and they still feel the type of swag to reverse go add a beard or why though? whatever it may be it's, do you it's have an like answer play- for that i know you don't it's have like an play- it's that. like playing the game mm-hmm. it's like seeing if you still got it you know going out there to hoop see if you can still get a 20 even though you old and, and everybody you know you in the way but you just want to show you still got it and i think that's the whole point um but for some like if if you can if you can if you can win the game of life early and find that that great find um, and have kids and tap all the way out, then I think that's the real win. But, you know, it's cats in the club still 45. Yes, you know, there I, is, always, Lord I don't try to put no age on, on, on clubbing, but I do feel the club is for people who like to have a good time and dance. But if you out there just kind of hawking and looking for prey, sit your ass down. I'm in full agreement of that of that statement. What about you, um, Karin? What was your discovery point for Boomerang, and why is it important to you? I mean, it like like Trey, it was always there being younger, but it wasn't till I got older that I start really like sitting down taking notes. Appreciate it. With, with twofold. One is I make this argument all the time. People laugh at um, that I think Robin Givens and Boomerang as Jacqueline Brooke. It's like the finest moment I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. But also, he had this point in, in, in the movie, I think Gerard said, no, they were going back and forth. He told Gerard he was looking for perfection. Um, and he was like, even his feet, like, you're not fucking her feet, man, that scene. Right. But if you actually think about it, it made sense. Because if you paid attention to everything in Marcus's life, it was perfection. From the way he carried himself to he dressed to his home decor to how the secret to my salmon is rosemary butter sauce and how he cooked to how good he was at his job. Like he was the best in the world at what he did. So he had this air of, of, of expectation for himself and everything in his world. Like he was trying to get his boys to do better if you really pay attention to some of the stuff he was right. doing. So him having the same expe- expectations for a woman like actually made sense now. But was it perfection based on but wasn't it perfection perfection based on kind of like superficial standards? No. It, no. It, it, it pointed out in the examples he pointed out to his friends were. But if you think about Jacqueline was the one who first rocked his world, it was because she was the female Marcus. She right. was the best in the world at her job. She was his boss. She was put together. She was fine. She could dress. She right. did she was him. And he had never met him. That's why he went head over heels. And she rocked his world and was having him sucking his thumb and called his mama. And then, <laughs> like, he finally met a female Marcus Graham and he just didn't know what to do with it. And if you pay attention, she had met uh, the male Jacqueline Boyer because she was, she basically like, this is why I don't date men I date. You can right. kind of feel like she had had She'd her been through before. this. She had been through it. That's why she was so war ready. 
He wasn't. And that's why I always, to this day, feel like Marcus and Jacqueline were, would have been a better couple than Marcus and Angela if Marcus just would have got rid of his ego and figured it out. But Jacqueline, they, but Jacqueline was kind of a horrible person. How? Why? Well, what did she do? Horrible. Okay, maybe maybe horrible is a strong word, but she definitely was like she was a great executive. But let's think about it. she wasn't a she wasn't necessarily a good friend to Angela. She Angela definitely wasn't her friend. Angela was her employee. Okay, okay, that's fair. But she okay, that's fair. But and but but Jacqueline just seemed very okay. Maybe not a horrible person, but there was never a moment for her where she was or showed herself to be emotionally invested in Marcus. Like even, even in terms of like their interest in each other, when Marcus wasn't as confident, when he wasn't showing the same swag, she was like, all right, whatever. But when he was winning again, all of a sudden she's like, that made perfect ah, sense. Yeah. I, I'm not saying told, it doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense, but I'm saying that that's not, that's not the signals for a relationship that's going to work. But that's what women do to men they in relationships. Y'all do that. Like, How's that? Let, let, it, let a dude stop having his job and, stop, and get fat and get lazy and stop doing the stuff he used to do to get you. You will stop and, being as emotionally open as you were before. But, but, he, but the reason that Marcus did all those things was because she dumped him in the first place. No, but he did all those things to also get her. He went over and board. He was cooking. He was inviting her over. No, but when but but when he lost his step professionally and like that Mark Gramness kind of fell off a little bit, it was because Jacqueline played him. And that made him lose, like shake his confidence. So once another woman built him back up, then she was like Okay, now I'm back. Now I'm back interested. I know women who do that, but usually it's not women who actually are interested in the man. They're interested in the persona. And I think that I think that was the difference between Jacqueline and Angela is that with Angela, Marcus actually had a partnership and somebody that he could be friends with 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 Jacqueline, it was always going to have to be What's your schedule? I have this meeting. I have this flight. And it was always going to have to be very about keeping up the appearance. Like, I don't think that Marcus ever would have been able to just let his guard down with Jacqueline in a real way. I totally disagree. Because, like, she told him from jump, don't do this. This is why it shouldn't work. This is the way I am. And he still tried. And if you remember the conversation after Strange stormed out, she was like, how about you take a minute and think about this, get yourself together, you and your feelings, and come back and we can keep this rocking. And he got super emotional and his ego. But, and he he, like, oh, but that's why I said he couldn't be vulnerable with her. She wasn't interested. I guess what I'm saying is that Jacqueline was never interested in being in a relationship with Marcus. She was interested in having a ongoing like friends with benefits or employees with benefits situation with Marcus. I think that had an expiration date. That would that would graduate to relationship. Yeah, I just think. What do you he, What do you think, Trey? Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> do you think that Marcus and Jacqueline ever would have moved into a real relationship phase had they not had the blow up outside the metronome, which is no longer the metronome, and I don't know if it was the metronome then, but I know it is the metronome. Yeah, I do. You do. I do. Yeah, because guys, we we do dumb stuff, and we I don't we think take, she was checking for him like risk. that. We take risk. I definitely think that he would have took that risk. It would have been more of a brag 
than anything, and then mm-hmm. she would have ate his. She would have ripped his heart a lot, like into pieces. But she already did that. I mean, that's the thing. I think that. Well, I'm Jackson, just saying, like, it uh, would have been a consistent thing. She didn't rip his heart to pieces. Yeah, she did. His what heart did, was ripped to pieces. What did she actually do to him? Think heart, about it. Reject him? No, she didn't. He was wilding in the restaurant. And she was like, "Chill out." We no, but but that was work. but what that was that was a build up from. I can't believe I'm defending the man on the side, but that was because a build up from. But that was a build up from every time he tried to get closer to her and have some intimacy. Like he's trying to hug up on her in the office. She's like, "Okay, I thought we weren't doing that." He was her subordinate. He made he made plans for them to go out on a date. She fucking. She no, she missed the flight. She had a late meeting. She had, and, but she open. didn't call him. And then she left $200 there on Taylor. There was no like, plane. Oh, there was no was, phone on the plane, Marcus. That was the line. Oh, like, I Lord. know this movie. She didn't I know you it. know this movie, but you also know that those are lines that people give when they actually didn't care enough to make sure you knew what the fuck was going on. They just going to tell you some shit. It was 1992. How many I, ways of contacting him did she actually she have? She could have called him before she got on the plane. Look, she showed up. <laughs> in lingerie with $200 and rocked this Because world. all she wanted oh, to do was fuck. Because she had no interest in him. Even when she was talking to Angela about him, she was like, the rumors are true. She, Marcus was a con- See, this is my point. Marcus <clears throat> and Jacqueline would have never been in a relationship because, much like when roles are reversed, for her, Marcus was a conquest. Marcus had a reputation, a sterling reputation for his for how he was in bed, for how he wines and dines and romances and whatever. And that was what she was looking for. Jacqueline's partner in her mind probably was probably an even bigger fish, like an older executive in finance or some shit like that who was pulling in even more money than she was. Not Marcus, who was a subordinate to her. But but I wanna I wanna bring this up before we get more into it because so, Boomerang is now a TV series on BET. Wait, I, I got to do a wardrobe change because I'm hot. Y'all keep going. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. It just... Do you really? Okay. Oh, my God. This is hilarious. <laughs> so, well, Trey, I know you didn't watch it, but to explain mm-hmm. to the audience. So, Boomerang turned into a TV series that was basically about the kids from... The kids as a product of the Boomerang, of the Boomerang characters. So... Angela, Jacqueline, and Marcus's kids took over. Um, Marcus now had his own firm, the Graham firm, or the Graham agency. And Jacqueline's son and Marcus's daughter um, both Bryce worked there. Simone. Huh? Bryce and Simone. Bryce and Simone. Uh, both worked there. And we never actually saw Marcus, but the... Holly Berry was one of the producers on the show, so there was some expectation of like a continuation of canon. And my challenge with it was the show made the show was supposed was clearly supposed to exist in the same universe as the original Boomerang. They made mad connection back to the movie. They made strange tie-ins. They referenced things that happened in the movie. They referenced things from... Sound effects. <laughs> yeah, they referenced things from the characters' point, the original characters' points of view. But then, at the end of the season, because um, this was in the midst of the Me Too movement, uh, a whole bunch of sexual harassment allegations were levied against Marcus. Um, and then Simone is having this whole, recommend, this whole reckoning. Like, he even harassed my mom when I think about it, and they closed the Graham agency. This pissed me the fuck off. Let me tell you why. To our whole point of what we were just talking about, and to the whole point of the movie, 
Marcus was a dog, but he never, he never, like, he never threatened anybody's job. Like, if anything, he slept with Lady Eloise because he thought, because she led him to believe that's how he, that's what he needs to do promotion, right? Then he was carrying on an affair with his superior in the office. Then he has talent sexually harass him and show her, show him her wet ass pussy at dinner. Like, again, role reversal. Like, the whole point of the movie was supposed to be women showing that women sometimes could be in the uh, more predatory dominant uh, roles in terms of the the dynamic between men and women. So my thing was, why would you create a show and intentionally tie it back to the movie in such in in so many multi layered ways just to then destroy the movie canon? Like, did I you think, watch it, Karen? Yeah, I watched. I've watched every episode of both seasons. I'm waiting for a season. I three didn't two. start watching. I didn't. I watched some um, of season two, but not really. But uh, no, it made sense to me. Because Why? when that episode happened, I immediately thought of like the first five minutes of the movie when he has but the casting back, call, the casting call when he has to put back lunch with his boys. And I was just like, yeah, he definitely was smashing the models. And but smashing doesn't mean harassing. It doesn't. But the, the sticky part about me, too, uh, which gets a lot of people in trouble, even if they do something wrong or if they don't is the power is at the at the center of it. He mm-hmm. had power. He was giving up jobs. Like, they, they made that comment in the series about, look, this is a picture of your dad with, like, all the Laker girls in the pool. Right. Like, he had enough power to make things happen. Now, like, But you, in terms of the actual know, movie that we saw, what we saw was other people leveraging their power yeah. against him. Like, yeah, we, we actually saw, saw him being harassed. Power. Yeah. Right. I think they were playing with the idea... That he might have, and I don't think that idea that he may have is too far fetched. I don't think but it's too far fetched, but I, I just think it's it's it, yeah. I think it's it's the antithesis of the actual plot line of the movie because the movie was uh, literally about Marcus getting it flipped on him. So it just it just hurt my feelings only because literally hurt my feelings because I'm like, if this is a new generation who's discovering Boomerang through this show, now when they go back and watch the movie it's going to be colored through the lens of Marcus Graham was harassing. I but, sense. but at the same point, they also in the series touched on how like um, Simone's parents, Marcus and Angela broke up mm-hmm. um, and how like he cheated on, on her mom. And that's why they had a terrible relationship. And I was like, that totally makes sense. Like, that I, part I, makes I, sense. I, I never thought Marcus and Angela made sense. I never well, like thought I said, it was going I to think work. Marcus, I think Marcus would have cheated on anybody because that's what Marcus does. But being, I, I, but again, being, I know being a dog isn't a, an attribute, but it is not the same thing as being a harasser. It is not. Those are two very distinct things. It's um, a distinct thing. That there's a difference between crossing the line and just doing stuff women do not like because you don't do what they necessarily want or because you're not treating them well, but that's not the same thing as being a harasser. Correct. Yeah. Two, two totally different things. And I'm happy like those lines are being blurred. Like they were a couple of years ago in Mm -hmm. terms of allegations, but but, like, yeah, I just, I'd never thought that every time I watched that movie and I watch it a lot more and more, I'm just like, this relationship was never going to last. It never made sense to me. I will always go to the grave, grave thinking that, 
if there ever was a sequel to Boomerang, and if it was him and Angela, I mean him and uh, Jacqueline, people would have been like, oh, I, I get it now. Yeah, this does work. Mm, all right, we're going to come back to that. All right. The other, one of the people I forgot to mention when I was talking about... Um, when I was talking about the characters in the movie was John Witherspoon. Oh. And this was the this was the origin of John Witherspoon's Pops character for, that he then went on to also play bang, for like bang, right. bang, bang, and the bang 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 bang. Um so one of the things I love about Boomerang is that it's one of the movies I feel like Boomerang and The Color Purple and Friday have contributed more to black lexicon than any other three movies in existence. So, like, every whether you've watched Boomerang or not, you know Strange, you know you've got to coordinate, you know... Oh, you're missing one. I'm not finished. Okay, but what else? You you add on. The five heartbeats. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the five heartbeats. You're right, the five heartbeats, too. Um, Trey, your favorite, like, moments from Boomerang, lines from Boomerang, whatever, that still continue that you reference that oh and coming to america that continue that that you reference that you use today it has to be you got a coordinate <laughs> anytime i got something that's like because i hate to match okay that's one thing like I'm matching, the type of person, matching and coordinating are not the same yeah, yeah so my whole thing is is when you rarely catch me matching right my friend be like it's Nate Jones too. Shout out to Nate Jones. He be like, you gotta coordinate. And he always pull out that that meme in the mm-hmm. group chat. So it's always funny if he feel like I'm just doing the most right with whatever I'm matching with. Whether it's like an orange hat and I got on all these other colors and my sneakers are orange. He can be like, oh, look at that boy over there coordinating. You right. know, but it was so many other lines. Um mm-hmm. after buff. After buff. After Buff, like it just—I mean, you—you you could just pull from that movie. I'm gonna actually yeah. watch it after we finish. It's so um, good. It's there's there's. I mean, I don't even think. I think there are probably people out there who stay strong and don't even know where the fuck that shit came from. Like oh, you ain't course. never seen it. Like you never. It's just seen like it. it's just like no Friday way. with the right. by Felicia. By Felicia. With by like, Felicia, exactly. It's just it's such a pivotal, you know, uh, movie mm-hmm. to our culture and, and and a lot of stuff. Like you know, I think. Where the rappers or whoever uses yeah. it, you know, it just kind of falls you know? upon younger ears I, and they just never find it. We just adopt it. I do it with Martin stuff too, with like the, it's racial, you know, it's with the, rich. it's racial. It's and the, and the, y'all, your shit is coming out. Now, y'all, see, your shit is coming out. Get him together, um, please. <laughs> school him, school him, please. Um, I'm trying to think, what's yours, Karin? Um, I can do like the whole movie practically by heart. Mm-hmm. But my favorites, there's a tie. There's a tie between it's taking to my salmon is, is the rosemary butter sauce. There is um <laughs> Right. Marcus um, <laughs> And the whole what I consider to this day the best scene in movie history, because I think Boomerang is the best movie in cinematic history. The Angela scene of the whole love should have brought your ass home last night. From the time he walks in the kitchen and mm-hmm. opens the refrigerator to get the orange juice to the time she slaps And he'd be like, you know, but he was so arrogant, you know, that I just had some scene. shit. I just had some shit on my mind that just needed, <laughs> just had to clear <laughs> my mind of some came, shit, you know, I, I was moment, tripping. The things that he came out that I didn't even know was there. <laughs> I was like just, I was tripping. Scene. Yeah. 
in the robe and the whole and, shirt. Like they nailed like every nuance, every the body language, the inflections in the voice, like because that was the exact way Angela would try to pop off and try to really go off, and it still came off as delicate compared to how you think Jacqueline would have went off if it was her. It would have mm-hmm. been a totally different scene. Um, and it just made so much sense for him. Like, he didn't lie to her, but the way he was even trying to smooth it out, like, some things just happened, you know, one thing, and it was just like, nah, fam, you know what you did. Right. <laughs> like, what's up? I appreciate you for not lying to her. And, but uh, he was halfway being condescending with it, too, though. Like, I mean, you know... She even says, I'm a better person because of you. Like, Yeah, that's your God. Oh, my God. He's lucky he didn't get shot. Um, Oh, shit. I just thought of one and I missed it again. Whatever. It'll come back to me. Um, Let's talk about the feet thing for a second. So (laughs) I do think that I do think that Boomerang. So, I, you know, I'm older than y'all, obviously. But there was a whole I think Boomerang was the beginning of... I don't remember anybody focusing on my feet before Boomerang came out. Granted, I was in high school when Boomerang came out. But all of a sudden, everybody wanted to know if you had corns, if you had hammer time in your toes. And then that led to, you, you know, nigga, niggas, that, critiquing, niggas critiquing your, your pedicures. To this day, like, niggas zooming. I know people always have foot fetishes, but people, like, zoom in on the pedicures and all these other things. Meanwhile, y'all's feet be looking horrid. But anyway... Not mine. I really, I really I'm think cooked. I'm cooked. I'm I'm an ex athlete. I've broken <laughs> everything. Got and tore everything. Yeah, it's over. I ain't gonna. I ain't trying to be the tricky one to be judging like that. Right. You'll catch me with mostly socks on. But I really, I think meringue is the beginning of beyond going beyond beyond foot fetishism, making like actually kind of normalizing a certain amount of mild foot fetishism with black men and the whole idea of pretty feet. Y'all yeah. might be too young to comment on that, I, but no, I believe I, that. I, I, I know women who are like, look, after that movie is when I had to start getting pedicures because they were just like, before that, you was just cool. And it was like, after that movie, there was a certain level you had to keep your feet at because the attention was just like, nah, you can't show up looking like Leela Rashawn. Like, you can't. And her feet were just terrible. Like, I felt them. Like, her feet were terrible. I'm sure that wasn't really Layla Rashawn's feet. No, they weren't really. <laughs> they were terrible. Oh, man. Um, And I also, I'm trying to think what else that came out of Boomerang. Definitely that. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess my wonder is, you know, both of you really did idolize Marcus, his game, how he moved. But did either of you learn from his journey? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I mean, me personally, I'm 35. I'm not trying to play the long, long game. Right. I, mean, I don't really, I don't really put a height on a highlight on age as far as when to like settle down. Right. But I do feel, you, you, you know, in general, you ain't going to push too many good women away. Like that, that right. that's just one thing that you got to know. And obviously we got, we got a rule is like, once your hair leave, boy, you better find somebody that's going to love you while you got that George Jefferson. But you know why that's it. terrible is because, like, there is, it, it's kind of awful, though, the thought that, like, I'm going to just be out here until my hair is gone. And then once I'm past my prom, let me go find somebody 10 years younger than me who's still in their <laughs> prom. And make her and make her suffer, right? Yeah. But also, not to jump back, Naima, uh, I found quotes. Right now, uh-huh. I wanted to read them all. Yes, please. Okay. 
And I want y'all to guess. This is we're going to play a game. Oh, it's okay. Easy. All right. And you guess the character. Don't be pussy whipped with whip that pussy. That's John Witherspoon. Okay. Yep. Some motherfuckers don't know when a good thing is standing right in front of them. Oh, Tisha Campbell. The, the Tisha Campbell. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and leap your black ass off the ledge. Fuck it. <laughs> All right. You want to come over for a cup of coffee? Not even Jesus was pouring it. That's also that's Tisha Mark. and Marcus. Mark. Yeah. Okay. What do you know about love? What could you possibly know about love? You know, I'm sick and I'm tired of men using love as if some disease you just catch. Love should have brought your ass home last night. Angela. Hey, you're not getting serious on me, are you? What are Wrong. you talking about? Am I getting serious? What is that? You know, do you want do you want this to grow into a relationship where we're together all the time? God, stuff like that. Are you? Jacqueline. That's Jacqueline Breuer. <laughs> yeah. Y'all, y'all terrible. good. No, I mean, that's how many times. Well, first of all, that's how many times I've watched the movie. Um, but also, yeah, it's. But that's the thing. Like, you even forgot the, one of the best ones. Even the small characters like Tisha, you only saw her, what, three times? Yeah. But she still made an impact. When she was like, mm-hmm. you about what? My size, my height, my weight? Doggy, doggy style. Doggy style. <laughs> but what was the best one? Uh, one of the best ones that people forget about is, damn, Marcus, first of fat boys break up, now it is. It oh. ain't nothing to believe in no more. <laughs> From Chris into Rock. the building sad. Yeah. First the Fat Boys break out. And which then Jay flipped into the girls, First girls, girls yep. verse. Yeah. When we were talking about references and, and where people get it from. Like Chris um, Rock has like 45 seconds of screen time in that movie and like nails all 45. Nail one of them. And then he was like, what you, a week? No, no Marcus, days. not you, not you. Um, God bless young Chris Rock, Pookie Rock. That was when he was Pookie. Um, so the soundtrack, right? One of the most enduring things about Boomerang, even if the movie wasn't a box office smash, the soundtrack was highly successful. So you've got, uh, introduced, like the introduction of Tony Braxton. Like imagine coming out the gate as a brand new artist, your first work out, you got the smashes fucking smashes and one was given to you because a yeah. legend turned it down i think all three of them were i don't think it was just love should have brought you home i think all of them and i i feel like people know this by now but they were actually written for anita baker anita was pregnant and she didn't want to lay them down they had recently signed tony and you know tony's in the same vocal range as anita so they gave them to her but all three of all there were three Tony songs. So it was Love Should Have Brought You Home and it was Give You My Heart. Wait, was there a third one on there? It was just those two. It was those two. Um, but still, both of them were singles um, off the soundtrack. And then you had um, PM Dawn, Die Without You. And, hard. That and piano you had chord, hard. So hard. You had um, the great Johnny Gill. Song. You had Johnny Gill, There You Go, which I think is Johnny's best like, song. One of his best songs. Um, which one was Grace Jones? Seven Day Weekend? Yeah. Seven Day Weekend, Hot Sex on a Platter. Um, with, which from doesn't Tribe. fit on the soundtrack, but it's a it, great song. It doesn't really fit on the soundtrack it's a, it's at all. It's a great end, though. Yeah, it doesn't, so but it doesn't. So that make you start a whole nother album. Like if that hit, if that come yeah. on, then you can just go put you can on a go, whole you can, album. You can go, you like, can okay, make it a transitional piece. New Jack Swing. <laughs> the something. thing about how sex as a platter in a, on a platter that's interesting to me is that it's really indicative of the regional differences in music back then to me. Because 
when the album first came out, I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't get hot sex on a platter at all. But everybody I knew in the city loved it. And still, and I I like it more now. But like, people from New York love hot sex on a platter, and I was just like, eh, eh, eh. End of the um, road. Yeah, end of the road. Uh, which don't is don't sleep the, on the Keith Washington joint either because that one was cold too. Well, Keith Washington's on there. Tonight is tonight is right. Oh yeah, oh, and who else we bring? We're forgetting somebody else. Oh, PM um, PM Dawn. I said die without you. The total okay. reversal of the dog song. Who was that? That was um La Face Cartel. Was that Face uh, Cartel with Damian Dame? I think. Okay. I think that's what they were called. And there was feels like heaven. Oh, that was after six, right? No, yeah. no, Kenny Vaughn. But it sounded like after sex. Yeah. And I think that was it. But it, but pound for pound. One of the best R and B artists. I mean, one of the best R and B soundtracks. Now the ninety and the nineties was the golden R and B soundtrack era. Was the golden yeah. black movie era, black yeah. movie soundtrack era, because it was the golden black movie era. Um, which Boomerang was one of the start. I would say officially kicked off with House Party or Strictly Business going into House Party, going into Boomerang, going into New Jack, going into Boomerang. Love Jones. That was like the beginning, and then, well, Love Jones was years later. But I'm talking about like those first movies that kicked it off. Um, do you guys own? I mean, oh, people don't own soundtracks anymore. You don't own albums anymore. I was about to say, do y'all own the soundtrack? But that's an outdated so, question. I don't think I had ever heard this like personally. I didn't own it or anything. Plus, mm-hmm. I was a kid. Right. I'm, I'm not supposed to have it. Um, but before we started this, I listened to it, and I, I mentioned that. You then you saw some of the songs then get cleared. Yeah, because they're kind of shaded out. Like I Die Without You, End of the Road is not on Apple. Um, everything else was on here. And I was listening End to End of the it Road a, is not on Apple Music? Nope. It's not well, it's not on this soundtrack. It's it's great. It's like pretty Interesting. much you can't click it and play it. But um overall, like I, I mean didn't expect- it was good. I mean, some of these songs that were kind of familiar, and then the other ones was like, okay, I have to watch Ma'am. the movie to kind of catch it. And like the good, the dope thing about the, the soundtracks, they were always played. Like, I would watch a bunch of 90s mu- movies and listen to the songs, and that would inspire yeah. me to even go buy it even more. Well, um, soundtracks were it- a big part of the marketing plan back then. Like, it was there was a it was a real marriage between the movies and going to get the music, for sure. I miss that. They need to bring that back. <laughs> I wish they would bring that. Streaming killed the soundtrack, though, because it's like you can just put together a playlist where you need that for. Um... But yeah, I will say, like, I think the music, I, I mentioned this before. So when they were doing the soundtrack, what they were chasing was the success of the New Jack Swing soundtrack. I mean, the New Jack City soundtrack, because it was massive. And that's also when I think of the best soundtracks of the 90s. Um, and they called Babyface in L.A. And Babyface in L.A. sat on set to watch everything come together so that they could figure out placement. Because I think the, the music placement is also, like, the soundtrack is one thing. The placement... Perfect. The placement is for, like when they turn, when Jacqueline said, all right, goodbye then, Marcus Graham. And all of a sudden, the, 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 the lights of the Empire State Building go, go off, off and Die Without You comes on. And then the lights of the Empire State Building don't come back on until he hugs Finish it out it. with his boys, which I love. I love that little detail. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Um. And even just the placement of There You Go with the scene with Jacqueline. Um, 
Yeah, I just thought that How all of it. She popped up on them in the lingerie and, and it hit the, the Johnny Gill note. <laughs> yeah. I she thought that all of it was fantastic. The other thing is that I just think that, and you guys are both, you know, your creatives and your own right. What do you think are the reasons that that movie still holds up today? Because there's very little about that movie that doesn't hold up. I mean, it has everything. Mm-hmm. Um, especially just from a black pe- black person's point of view. Like, you had the guy that all guys want to be like and all the women want to sleep with. You had the female version of it and Jacqueline and all the dudes wanted her and all the women, even in the office in that one scene when Marcus came in, they wanted to be like Jacqueline. Let's had- pause. But I want to pause for a second. And sorry, I meant to bring this up earlier. Um, like, um. Today, does it seem conceivable that if you put Robin Givens and Holly Berry in the same movie, that Robin Givens is considered the siren over Holly Berry? Right now, no, not in 2020. Right. Like, I nah, think 20, about that. 2020 like, how- a little different because, you know, uh, for one, they would have just tried the overall package versus, you know, during that time, it was a little different too. Like, even just the. Yeah. Uh, attraction to certain body body types and everything you know yeah like, so it's, but robin was like that girl at the time like for real yeah yeah, for, yeah, yeah for sure yeah. for sure popular was right right well i'm sorry so go ahead so you say you had the girl and jacqueline that like everybody wanted had, to get at you had the og cougar and our good yep. kid who I, my funny part i always laugh at and i was watching this saturday with some friends and i was like I never understood why Marcus didn't want to smash Lady Eloise because I'm like, <laughs> look good as hell. I was like, I would have all so in funny. that. Um, you have the friendship with his boys. You got Pops being like, this your boozy son with all that private school making them all sadiddy. Right. Um, you got the crazy ass ex and T-shirt. Um, you have everything that's in part of most people's life. Like you see the wins with Marcus. You see the losses. You see the small comedy and the the ingenious of the stuff Marcus did. Like the thing I love about Marcus Graham the most that he taught me, and Trey was talking about the life lessons earlier, was that like he taught me how to actually pay attention to women. And that was That's like fair. the thing that blew I was like, oh shit, like this nigga's right. Like pay attention to certain stuff. Cause like Trey was talking about how like how it was a game sometimes with men and women. Usually the dudes who win. It's like sports. Study the most. Watch the most game field. Know your opponent. Marcus Graham won more than Tyler and his boys because he studied women. Like, he actually liked women. He liked their presence. He liked how they presented. He liked talking to them. It wasn't just sleeping he with did, them He did, but it was still a conquest. It was yeah. still a means to end for him. I think that's the... But great, he but still sa- liked them, though. Right, like, but that's a great, but sad thing about Marcus. Like, he just really fucked with women. He appreciated women, the art form of women... Um, and all the all the intricacies and all the differences in every type of woman, but that should have made him a dynamic partner. But he was using it instead to fuck. Yeah, but even to that point, we had never seen a dude that smooth with his stuff together that True. actually liked women to like. Nah, let me show you how to actually win with them. And right. it was like, and you watch it older, and you're like, oh. Let me get the crib like this. <laughs> Let me get the salmon. Like, let me, let me have cook. three bottles of champagne. That's game that niggas need to pay attention yeah. to. Cook. You can cook. cook. And it's just fine. have champagne on deck all the time because she always going to want some Prosecco, bro. Always. She's right. never going to say no. And you if you spend the night, bam, you got mimosas. Like, it was little stuff like that. And I was just like, okay, I got to get my shit together. Okay. <laughs> 
I'll see how this go. All Let right. me light these candles. Trey, for you, what's the end? What are the enduring qualities of Boomerang? Why is it so good even now, 30 years later? Because that advice still holds up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. The advice still holds up when you really think about it. I mean, if you ain't never, you know, if you ain't never been on the win in the winner's circle, you know, mm. I would say sit up in class with no pad. <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, you know, also you got humor out of it too, man. And yeah. it's it's rare black humor humor. I mean, with with all black casts and 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 you know, early Chris Rock, if you're into that. And yeah. Martin Lawrence, you know what I mean? Like, you can go down the line, man. Like, it, it just, it gave you everything that you possibly wanted out of it. And then, you know, it, it kind of has a life hack about, you know, if you're not playing your cards right, you can let something slip away. Yeah, See, Trey, I mean... Trey, Trey said it the nice way. What he was trying to say was, the dude pulled Eartha Kitt, Leela Rashawn, Holly Berry, and Robin Givens in a two-hour film. If you not gonna listen to him, like, <laughs> what you doing? Okay, so I'm going to be the person who just brings it from a purely uh, creative standpoint. Um, there, there was a time when I was studying the screenplays from different classic black ensemble films. This is one of the best ones. The first best man is another one. Um, it's just it's so well written. It's such great storytelling, and every character adds something to the movie. And it's really easy to just have motherfuckers in the movie just to be there. Every character really brings something to this movie. And even in the way they play off of Marcus and Jacqueline is outstanding. And like I said before at the top, just what I really do appreciate about Eddie in this movie and in Harlem Nights is the multi-generationalism. Like the fact that you put Eartha in here, the fact that you put Jeffrey Holder in here, the fact that you brought John Witherspoon, like, House Party plus this, and that might have been a Hudlin call more than, um, because the Hudlin brothers did House Party. That might have been the Hudlins more than it was Eddie, but those two things started that second wave of John Witherspoon's career. You know, oh. um, a whole second act, like, at Ben came Wayne's brothers. Yeah, at, like, 50. Um, so, I, to me, it's those elements as well of just that full that fullness of black representation, everybody from the outrageous ass grace to, you know, Holly and David Allen Greer, who in this case was supposed to be squares. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, that's what I appreciated. And again, such a classic narrative that there is really very little you'd have to adjust if you wanted to reboot that movie today. I'm happy you said square because we can finally be honest. Angela was lame as hell. Like she was. She wack. was supposed she to be the good boring. girl, but, but no, she was, she was supposed wack. to be the good girl. And I actually kind of hate the good girl versus vampy archetype playoff with nothing in the middle. But she was supposed to be the quote unquote. Lila you know, she was a good girl. We don't know that. We know that Leela Rashawn had a dog and had a whole bunch of teddy bears on her bed. That's what that movie did teach me, that after a certain age, you don't put no fucking stuffed animals on your bed. (laughs) I never did that shit. Have you ever told a man, go star for Marcus, dinner was yummy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, guys. I want to thank you for the Boomerang recap. We're running late on time. Um, So if you were to suggest, in addition to Boomerang, and again, I know that you guys were younger at the time, just to finish it off, what, in addition to Boomerang, what would round out like your other top, if you had to name top three soundtracks from the 90s, what else would you include in here? 
Um, I'm throwing Love Jones in there for one. Yes. And I'm throwing a soundtrack in there that we sleep on and forget about sometimes. You're about to say have plenty. Soul Food. See, I don't love Soul Food soundtrack like that. It's like, I, I, I do. I do. I but hate, it, I hate a song know, from Mama, you know, that's why. But you know me well enough to know, like, Half Plenty is my sleeper one. Yeah, I, I figured that. Um, Trey, what's yours? Uh, I'm going to say Waiting to Exhale. Okay. Um, Good choice. And then... Trey listening I, to the feminist anthems. I dig it. <laughs> uh and I'm and I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to bodyguard. Okay, y'all gave me I, no no rap choices. I'm surprised. Okay. Well, I no, should, you know what? I I flip it on that one. I go okay. above the rim because you said three. Okay, yeah, above the rim was really one of the best soundtracks of all time. With yeah, my fa- with my favorite Tupac song on there. That's that. Was, that's not on there. That's not on there. The favorite Tupac song is on there. That's not actually on there. Um, like you can't p- find pain anywhere except for YouTube. Literally nowhere. I think it was a single or some shit. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna go with or it was on a it was on a bonus version, but I, you can't I, find it. I go to YouTube. I'm gonna go with um. So, in addition to Boomerang shit, I should have given you guys five because three is hard. I'm torn between adding New Jack City and Juice as number two, but I got to include Love Jones in there as well because it also is one of my favorite soundtracks of all time, period. Um, We might have to do another show just to do a soundtrack ranking at some point. Um, All right, guys. Thank you. I want to encourage you all who are listening, if you have never watched Boomerang, Watch it. Watch it with some friends. Like these two, like like Karin said he did be watching it. Red wine. Get you some snacks. Get you some wine. And like watch it in fun. Because first of all, it's a fun movie. It it really is a great ensemble. Even about like the brotherhood between the three guys. Um, and like I said, also just seeing like some middle some middle class black people black professionals with it even without that being centered like they don't point out we're doing xyz as black people like it's just a given that's the other thing i loved about it like all that dope black shit was just given it wasn't explained it wasn't highlighted it wasn't abnormal it was just there um and y'all understand what i mean when you watch it but Shout us out to Boomerang. It really yeah. is one of my favorite movies. You got of all time. two black people, a black man and a black woman, who have penthouse condos next door to each other, <laughs> next to each other, with patios and with views. patios. I love it. I love it. And I never questioned why or how or any of that shit. I was just like, fuck it. I always wondered what she did, though. I was like, what's she doing? Play banking. Now, though, now, I don't know how old they were supposed to be. That's the one thing. Because now at my big age, even though it was the 90s, I'm still like, your salary wouldn't have been that much money. Or maybe it would have been. I don't know. Now, now I'm at an age where I actually look at stuff and do math in my head. But back then, it was just dope. Back then, it was just dope. All right, y'all. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. As always, um, subscribe, rate, comment, holla at us, all Donate. that good shit. Trey, thank you for being with us. Um, everybody check out Trey growing up the same with Jamal Crawford this week. Um, anything else anybody has to say to the people, Karin? Karin, uh, thank you for your suit and your efforts. I, go go star for Karin. I got too hot. I had to come back to this t-shirt. Was, listen. Right. Uh, but always, uh, cognac for Kamala. Mm -hmm. And as always...
Do not give your money to that white man. (laughs) Do not give your money to Sean King, who I refuse to call that man. Um, And Trey, get well, boo. Thank you so much. I might be telling your business. Sorry. No, you're good. It was on the internet. It was on the internet. It was on the internet already. It was on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, we wishing you a speedy recovery. You got take care. You know, hopefully hopefully I can come back on here. Oh, you are always welcome here. You have an open door pass uh, to come here anytime. But yeah, you know, anybody who understands Trey songs last time, okay, it's welcome back. (laughs) We do need to have a deep conversation about those songs. Matter of fact, Karin has an idea about us going through songs and talking about exactly where the person in the song made a wrong choice. So maybe we need to. We might yeah, bring you run, back. Run it back. I'm, listen, I'll, I'll keep the schedule clear for you guys. All right. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.